genre. Welcome back to the Cornetto Minute, the daily podcast where we investigate the gunfights, car chases, and proper action of hot fuzz one minute at a time. I'm Nick Jimenez. I'm Scott Corelli. And today we're about to go off on Minute 56, which begins with an announcement at the church fit about a special <laughs> guest at the raffle and ends with Danny running up to a carnival shooting game. Yeah. Did I say that right? Fit. Yeah, I mean, I've just been saying fate because that's how they pronounce it in the fate. town. Church I know fate. that's not true, but mm-hmm. it is what it is. Uh, so we have uh, two uh, new guests to the show. We have uh, Grant and Paige from uh, Gilmore Ball Z. Welcome. Hey, thank hey, you. Well, we're glad to be here. I think, you know, what I what I what I like about this minute is I, you know, just right off the bat, the two things that you that you notice is one, Nicholas is the only cop working. Yeah, <laughs> everyone else is off. Um, I guess he drew the short straw. I don't know. Uh, I, I feel like he th- didn't draw the short. Sorry, I feel like he didn't draw the short straw. I think he like no one expected him to be working. Is also possible that he was yeah. just like, "You're gonna have a fate with no no cops. Better suit up." <laughs> yeah, I I mean I get I guess so. But then but then he's so bored that he sits down. He takes a break. He sits down. Well, you know he's not slouching. That's yeah. not how he's wired. No, I know, but that's what I mean. I just think it's so funny that like he takes a break from being bored. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, yeah. like it, it, it's not that he was working really hard or what. It was like he was like, "This is so boring. I'm taking a break because that is that is more interesting than just walking around in circles." I you know, guess. you know that thing when you're wandering around a mall. Yeah, and then you need to sit down. No. Do you think it's that same kind of thing? Oh, you don't do that. <laughs> I don't do that. <laughs> you know, just like, ah, man, a lot of mall. No, no. Sensory overlap, man. Yeah. I guess I'm already old. <laughs> I just think that's your personality. Sure, yeah. <laughs> um, so this is interesting to me. There's about five seconds into the minute. You can see that there are other forms of authority in attendance of the uh, the, the FET. There's a first aid ambulance unit from St. John's. Mm. And we see like three paramedics, I guess you would say, right? Is yeah. They are? Well, I, you got to have somebody on hand in case there's any accidental injuries. Right. I, I guess to me, you know, <laughs> we're, we're, we're slowly mapping out. We're creating our map of Sanford, mm-hmm. like Patrick Rothfuss. Yeah. <clears throat> Just filling in the blanks. And so I don't know the idea of there being an ambulance of like there being like a Sanford Med. I don't I don't think so. I think they invited them from like a larger town. Got it. Got it. It was is like because they knew that what they were about to do. That's yeah. my theory. <laughs> yeah, something a well, surprise for someone at yeah. three p.m. Is that what it's the also says? yeah. It's also very confusing. Like why are they dressed like police officers? Confused me. They're in the same outfits. That's very strange to me. Uh, it's a weird choice, except they're like all in, well, yeah, no, they're just dressed exactly like police officers. That's really weird. I don't, I don't know what the deal with that is. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I, my favorite detail about the, the church fate is that it is being put together, 
put together to save the church roof, which is not broken yet. It's about to Just be. Just get ready. Yeah. That's that's some next level Sanford shit. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll need us. We'll need a carnival to pay for when we bash into messenger's head. We'll Although, like, if you want an alibi for posing a fate to kill somebody, church roof, A plus thing to do. I don't know if I've ever been in a church that it did not at some point when I was in there raise money for the roof. Yeah. Also, of course, part of the roof crumbled off and hit somebody in the head. We we were trying to raise money to replace it. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's good. That is very true. Um, Are these guys the Decemberists? Because they just wrote the perfect crime. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, right off the bat, there's a little bit uh, out of this scene that uh, is cut out. Um, immediately they basically cut out cut the beginning of this scene out uh from what was in the script uh in the script while uh while angel is walking around he runs into reverend shooter who who says uh sergeant angel would you would your theological reservations preclude you from assisting me with the raffle this afternoon there's a glass of joyce cooper's lemonade in it for you um and he's he's holding like a tray of lemonade and angel takes a glass and downs it and uh shooter just smiles and says marvelous and then walks off and then that's when angel goes and sits in a chair um that is a delightfully edgar wright piece of dialogue yeah <laughs> very much so <laughs> uh so I that's, that's how good. i want to ask everybody everything like when you're religious you know you, uh what was, was it was it theological reservations yeah would your theological reservations preclude you from going to the park on Saturday to play Pokemon Go? Splendid. There's, there's, a, there's a glass of lemonade in it for you. And here it is. Um, yeah, I, I, I really, I do like it. I, I think I get why it's cut. Like, I like the flow of this better as it's presented in yeah. the film. Um, but it is, a, it is a nice little beat. There's another beat during this uh, church fate scene uh, sequence, I guess, uh, that, uh, kind of does the same thing. Um, but it's, uh, it's, it's another good little, uh, deleted bit. Um, now these, these two bits, there's, there's two bits here. As soon as he sits down and he's like looking around, um, there, there were three bits in the script and, uh, before we get to like the important one, um, and instead they sort of combined, uh, the third bit with the important one. So the in the script, there's like a missing bit where we have two bits. We have the, the guy, we have Tony Fisher walking with his kid um, eating popsicles or ice lollies, as you would call them. Um, but uh, oh, thank you. Eating ice lollies uh, with the Spider-Man face paint. Um, in that bit, the Spider-Man face paint is not in the script. That's something that they must have just added on the day um, as like a funny funny bit which i which i love it's like the only time that uh that uh, my two shows cross over currently it's this is the nexus yeah yeah this is the nexus point of between spider-man minute and cornetto minute here it is um <laughs> but uh yeah so so there's that uh so that's i really love the face paint thing i think it's hilarious um and then there's uh the next bit which is in the script it says that doris is with two dates and yes. they're laughing at a spit roasted pig and that's it. it. There's no dialogue. And so the very, very, very blue joke that Doris, probably the bluest joke that she makes in the whole movie, I would argue, 
which is that she's with two guys looking at the pig and says, looks like me after a couple of pints, which is by far the bluest joke in the movie. (laughs) I feel so innocent right now. Yeah. That is, it's a rough one. Academy Award winner Olivia Coleman. <laughs> yeah. Um, That's great, man. Good for Dory. She's having a good time. She is. She's got two dates. Devil may care. She's enjoying her day off. That's true. That's true. For now. She's earned it. For now. She's enjoying That's true. it. Um, and then there was a third bit in here in the script, which isn't in the movie that I could find anyway, unless it's somewhere in the background. But I watched this minute like 15 times and I couldn't find him. Um, but uh, at one point, um, uh, uh, PC Walker is uh, feeding uh, uh, candy floss, which is, uh, you know, uh, uh, cotton candy to uh, Saxon. Oh, man. I, I know. I find that super bad. I know. I know. It's in the script. And I would have loved to have seen that. But I, I don't see it in there anywhere. Oh, man. Unfortunately. Um, it's probably not good for him. Right. Right. Uh, so instead, they cut that bit out. Uh, probably that's probably why it's not in the movie, right? Is like they didn't want to, yeah, like feed it to the actor dog, They're maybe. Like, ah, yeah, like why do we need it? Yeah, yeah, we yeah. Like the dog well, well, I mean, it, it could very well be like the the handler of the yeah, dog like, was like, he's not no, eating candy. he's not eating candy. Sorry, um, that's entirely possible. Uh, and it would, it would they're like, well, like, could we, could we find a way to make <laughs> cotton candy safe for a dog? It's like that would, that's too much effort. Mm. Um. So they cut it out, and we just get this, uh, this, 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 uh, uh, smash the rat or whatever. Splat the rat. Uh, splat the rat. Splat, splat the, the rat. rat. It's bash the rat in the script, but yeah, splat the rat. Uh, way better. Way splat better. Splat the rat's definitely more appropriate. Yes, definitely. It, it rhymes and and fits. Yes, absolutely. Sounds like a punk record. It does. Splat the rat. Yeah, the splat the rat EP. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I. So the splat the rat thing. I'm just, I, I'm just constantly in awe of how much Skinner <laughs> is just, he just doesn't, he's just flaunting it. It's like he's the Riddler oh. and he's like, I'm not going to be satisfied until Batman figures me out. Also, uh, another thing that I noticed when, cause he's literally like, oh, you motherfucker. Like, yeah, <laughs> he hates Tim Messenger more than anyone else that is murdered in this movie by like a lot. Yeah. Yeah. For no reason. Yeah. That's true. The most openly hostile. Well, he doesn't like that he's that he's that he's ratting him out. That's true. Splat the rat. To to right. To <laughs> Leslie Tiller. Um but uh yeah, that Splat the Rat thing. I just I, I'm just amazed that he is so open about just openly aggressive, openly just making puns and also he he literally let's let's get into his head because what's going on is that he has created a carnival game just to make the hint of what he's about to do to tim messenger mm-hmm. i hope that little shit gets it i hope he understands yeah he's a, the joke he's a he's a full full-on psychopath for sure um i don't know what do you guys think about the uh about about skinner just sort of just openly you know, hinting at all of this stuff. I respect a man who loves what he does. Like <laughs> I, I heard a whole thing on NPR about how the people who are happiest in their jobs are not the ones who do their jobs and go home, but are able to ascribe meaning and joy into their work. And that's what he does. And I really 
admire that, that kind of passion that he puts into his murder. And I think that this sequence and kind of as a result, this entire week of minutes is like kind of just a quick little primer on what it is that makes Edgar Wright such a great director, because it's definitely a scene that seems innocuous at first, but when you watch it through a second time with the knowledge of everything that's going to happen, like it, it reads so completely differently. And you're like, oh, it was literally staring me in the face. How did I not see the super obvious foreshadowing? And yeah. it's on every level. I mean, like in the, you know, in the background, there's Plot the Rat, there's, you know, a roasting pig. Pig is a cop. So, you know, oh, right, that's yeah. not mm-hmm. exactly pro Nick. Uh, but. <laughs> Even if, like, because it's Edgar Wright, even the music is getting hints in there. How cool would it be if that little rat from The Departed, like, scurried by? <laughs> <laughs> he costs too much. Yeah, that's true. Um, but in the background of the scene, they have uh, the Village Green. Uh, is it the Village Green? Village yeah. Green by the Kinks. It's just, mm-hmm. Yeah, Village Green by the Kinks that does have the lyric, the clock, the church, the steeple. Mm. Like, and... Uh, since I set eyes on the church with the steeple, like it's pulling again and again, the clock, the church and the steeple. And Edgar writes like, you know what? I need to write a scene with the clock, the church and the steeple just so I can put it in here. Just so I can use this song. Yeah. We've had a lot of fun uh, uh, finding those, the, those little jokes or meetings or, 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 la- or uh, nexuses again mm-hmm. uh, in the needle drops. Uh, funny story about village green by the kinks. Uh, so, Earlier in the show, we talked about the Village Green Preservation Society, mm-hmm. and uh, and indeed the song is from the same album. Uh, the Kings are the Village Green Preservation Society. But fun little story about this song, Village Green. It was actually written before the album for hmm. for their 1967 album, Something Else, mm-hmm. and they had so much fun exploring this the world that we were talking about. It's a concept album about like British. 70s like nostalgia for the country life and village life the same kind of nostalgia that infects the nwa so they kept that song and made a whole album around it which mm. became hmm. uh, the village green preservation society wow huh learn something new every day that's very interesting huh okay cool so it, was, it was it was apropos i guess for right to slip in the original the inspiration yeah. song into the soundtrack as well yeah and it just like tonally it just fits the scene so well um, but I mean, he's always been good at that. That's like his, his, his main thing. It's something I'm surprised filmmakers don't do more is put one or two songs from one album. Cause it does kind of flow together. I don't know. I yeah. guess it's risky. Cause then you, I don't know. I don't want to hear too like, I, yeah, it, it, it's, you have to really know how to use music and, and, or needle mm-hmm. drops in, in, in movies. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Because you're like, you you would get dangerously close to becoming just like one of those movies that are just like, it's like the album and the, or like just this one band songs are on them in the movie, you know? Graduate. Yeah. 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 Or uh, Juno. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Juno. Yeah. It wasn't just the moldy peaches, but it was a lot of the moldy peaches. Yeah. Kimya Dawson. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, So he's sitting. Squad is mostly Queen. Yeah. (laughs) So he's, he's, uh, he's just. Sitting there, and then uh, one of the Andes walks up and shouts, shark, which, and he's very pleased with himself. So last week, I, I kind of noticed that Andy Wainwright, is that the Rafael Spall one? Uh, yes. So I, Wainwright kind of had like his jacket on, but the sleeves were pushed up, and he yeah. looked like kind of like 
like a rattier like James Spader in the 80s. Mm-hmm. And he's really rocking that look again here in this scene where he just looks like an 80s bully if he was 38. Yeah. And still in high school. <laughs> it's true. It's very true. Like you're kind of half expecting him to have like a sweater tied around his neck. Uh, the way that he's <laughs> it's like the way that he's like Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah, yeah, it is a little bit. It's it's like one too many buttons down. Mm-hmm. Um, like just just <laughs> enough to be like slightly uncomfortable. Uh, and the and the collars popped. It's just mm-hmm. it's it's a lot. It's there's a lot going on there. Um, Cartwright looks dead ass like a cop though, like an undercover cop. Yeah, yeah, because he looks like uh he looks like your like your stepdad. Yeah, you know. Hey, um, where's the drugs? Yeah, right. Um, and they—I just love the fact that he shouts "shark." Yes, like it's, it's such a perfect little snapshot of exactly what kind of douche he is. Because mm-hmm. uh-huh. you can tell he's not saying it because he thinks it's funny that it would be so absurd for there to be a shark here. Uh-huh. Like if it was if it. If he'd said it a little differently, you'd think it was almost like a little clever thing. But no, he's just shouting it because he thinks it's so funny to shout the word. Sh- I don't know. I can't really explain. You know what it is? It's it's like the jump scare of pranks. Mm. Because a, a jump scare makes you like jump and startle in the theater, but it didn't earn it. It's just your body has like a visceral reaction when something is like jarring like that. And he's just yelling shark into Nicholas's ear. Yeah. Like he could just be making yeah, a I- noise. I appreciate that he chose a word because I honestly have had it happen where I'm walking down the street and somebody yells at me to get a jump scare uh, because being a woman in the modern era is garbage. But anyway, uh, (laughs) but they didn't even yell words. It was like, so I appreciate the thought and effort that went into this humor of shark because at least he picked a word. That's true. Oh my God. And it was, he picked a scary thing. Yeah, he did. I mean, yeah, if there was a shark on land, like, yeah, that would be, it's like, what is he doing there? Mm -hmm. Why is he coming after me? (laughs) And this was my one advantage. Right. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it is funny though, because I just, I just love how, how, how much he loves that he did it after it happened. Oh, he's happy for a long time afterwards. He is. He is. Um, but uh, yeah, they're drinking cider. Which, is that what it is? Yeah, Strongbow. Okay. They got they got a couple of Strongbows. I've had a Strongbow in my day. Oh yeah, sure. No, it's good. I I just like that. You know, these are guys who drink pints of Guinness at the at the at the pub at night. But during the day, you know, it's it's uh it's day drinking. So let's uh, let's go with something a little lighter. Let's it go, looks go like with it might, cider. It looks like it might be warmer. That's actually why I really think Nicholas Angel like took a took took a seat on the mm-hmm. bench is that it might be like kind of hot outside. Oh okay. You think so? I don't know. I don't know what time of year this is supposed to, to be taking place, actually. I mean, everyone's dressed pretty light. It's probably a nice spring or summer day. Yeah. yeah. It's not really overcast, and it is England. Yeah. That's true. I'm also digging Wainwright's jeans. Yeah. Yeah. I noticed that, too. <laughs> um, yeah, and no. Then, uh, well, then, but then the, I mean, the, the star of the movie, costume-wise, is Danny's little hat. Yeah, well, I mean, just the fact that Dan- Danny and Frank are dressed like they are in the photo that they had, and you just start to think, like, do they just do this every year? They just dress as, like, father, son, oh, cowboy? Oh, they totally Absolutely. do it every year. Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. You know, uh, previous weeks... And, I, oh, no, go on, please. I'm sorry. And even more than that, you know that, like, 
Every year he has, Dad, Dad, we're, we're doing it again. Dad. You know, <laughs> with the cowboys again. Every year he has to buy a bigger cowboy suit. So there is planning and excitement. You can you can see the childlike glee that leads up to the fet. Just oh, yeah. getting his cowboy suit. Same one when it fit. And of course he wants to be a cowboy. Like with all that we know about how much he loves action movies. It makes perfect sense. Oh, yeah. Well, it kind of shows that he's still... As an adult man, like literally, he's still he's still live, being the little boy that he was when that photo was first taken. Yeah, he oh, has yeah. He's, he's had literally a man child. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he has had no desire to. You know, we were talking about a week ago about what his dating life might be in Sanford, and like I think this is confirmation that he doesn't have one. Right? Oh no, no absolutely not. Yeah, any not no one who cared about sleeping with anyone in this in the town would like. Oh, time to dress. And that matching cowboy outfit with my dad, the chief of police, right. at that carnival in the middle of town, and not no, be girls weird. are gross and have cooties. Yeah. Like that's definitely his his yeah. thought process. Yeah, and we see that he's not like a sh- He's not like oh, dad. Like he's this is yeah, this is normal. Yeah, I uh, I I also just I. I mean, we talked about this like early on. I think when we first saw that photo, um, but uh, when Frank said that he he had a thing for westerns. And we sort of Western nut. Yeah, he's a bit of a Western nut. Uh, and we, uh, you know, it 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 really goes to show you that like he, I it seems like Danny just sort of gloms on to whoever the most powerful, like the alpha is. Like he's he's definitely a beta, this mm. guy, and he he just sort of gloms on to like whoever the alpha is because. You know, as we talked about, we, we our theory is that Danny really isn't into Westerns, really. It's his dad who's into Westerns, because it's like a generational thing. His dad's into Western, and he's into, like, eight, 80s, 90s action movies. Um, and But when his dad is like, we're going to dress as cowboys, he's like, yeah, all right, let's do it. You know? But then if if if... I think the biggest struggle he would have had is if... Nicholas had been like, hey, there's a church fate. We should dress up. He would be like, I don't know oh, which no. one to do. <laughs> the two alphas, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> can, can I do both? Yeah. Can I be a cop cowboy? A cop boy? <laughs> a cop boy. A sheriff? Yeah. I feel Walker's like cop boy is a pretty pretty accurate description of Danny's character. Cop boy. <laughs> cop boy. Walker, Texas Ranger is the nexus of cop and cowboy. Yes. That's, That's true. true. He could just be Walker, Texas Ranger. There it is. There it is. Um, yeah. So uh, so then he... Uh, I love Frank, his little run. Yeah, he has a little run because Frank says, uh, you know, it's time for uh, time for Nicholas to take a break. And uh, and then Danny excitedly uh, runs away. Uh, and I, I love that he, he grabs his hat and then the way he runs, he like hikes up his, his legs completely as he runs. Um, it's my favorite. Nick Frost is just adorable. Uh, like I have written in my notebook, just Nick Frost is so cute in this movie. Yes. He's just a great, and uh, it's an example of him being a really great physical comedian. Yeah. Because he doesn't just mm-hmm. exit the scene. Right. He finds a way to make it like weird and interesting and in character. And yeah, and in character, which really goes to show you that like he the guy is such a good actor mm-hmm. and and no one gives him the credit he deserves for how good of a char- uh, character actor he is. Like he I I feel like a lot of people mistakenly watched this and Shaun of the Dead and were just like, "Oh yeah, he's basically the same in both." And it's like he's like he's so remarkably different. Like Danny and Ed are so remarkably different. Uh, and this just goes to show you, like, this is not, 
Like, Ed, like Ed just, I mean, he would never run like that. Like, in, this is just a decision that Nick Frost made about Danny. Like, this is how he's going to run away. And then that's not even taking into account his character in World's End, who's oh, also yeah. completely different from the other two. Oh, no, yeah. really, Nick Frost is here to show us the complete diverse spectrum of man-children. True. And I, and I love him for that. Yes. Yeah, there's just something, there was something inherently kind of, I love this character, but kind of like dirty about Ed. Like he kind of belonged in that London world that he lived in. Like, yeah, you got the sense that maybe he wasn't supposed to survive into this new post-apocalyptic world because he seems so at home and just like vice and grime and not changing. Oh yeah, and there's like a purity to to, to Danny. Yes, that Ed didn't that Ed doesn't have. Right, he's more stunted than Ed. Ed, yeah. Ed isn't really stunted. Like he grew up, he matured, but like just in a bad way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, Ed, Ed, Ed got far enough along to get maybe a little bit jaded. Yeah, yeah no, Ed's given up. Yeah, Ed, right. yeah, Ed, Ed got far enough in life to give up on life, whereas Danny hasn't. Right. Yeah, Danny has so much still in front of him that he should have achieved already, but he's <laughs> so excited to get there. Danny yeah. had a life given to him. Right. By, by his dad, who's like, "Here, here's your job. Here's your life. Right. You just have to show up." And he's like, "All right." Yeah, 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 and and not for nothing, but like you know, we talked about Danny not dating. I mean, you know, Ed, Ed probably pulls occasionally. Ed probably definitely had like <laughs> in that phone of his. He probably had like that's, three or four numbers on rotation. Yeah, yeah, that's probably he the, sold drugs. I think that's like a solid difference between those two <laughs> yeah, characters. That's very true. <laughs> um, sixty forty shit chance that Danny's a virgin. Yep, 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 yep. Unless, I mean, maybe Doris. Or like, or like <laughs> high school. I don't know. I don't yeah. know. I don't know what Danny in high school is like. Yeah, I don't know. Um, Sanford. But I could see. I could see Doris like, like. Uh, I mean, I don't think she's that much older than than Danny. I don't think. But well, am I? But am I, I was I gonna. I was gonna say. Guy. I was gonna say Mrs. Robinson him or something. But I don't think she's that much older than You're her. I think. I think Olivia Coleman is just that much more mature than than Danny um, as a character that it seems like she would be. But. Um, well, and I feel like for her, that would be less about actually having sex with Danny himself and more about having sex with her boss's kid. Yeah, yeah, And for like sure. that power play. So like he fits into a role that she needs and it doesn't really matter who's filling that spot. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. But, um, sh- <laughs> oh, sure. Also, uh, a little surprise that Tony Fisher has a son. Uh, yeah, I don't. think it's like his nephew. I, but, but no wife. No wife. So what did she do? Hint of tragedy. What did she do? It was an unfortunate accident. Yeah. What did she do that got got her killed? Yeah. Yeah. Some sort of some sort of married the shittiest, stupidest cop that ever (laughs) existed. Very true. But it really just goes to show you how bad he was because if they killed his wife and he just accepted it, like my perfect Sunday. (laughs) Yeah. Oh man, my perfect Sunday would have been with my wife if she (laughs) was still with us. Can't dwell on the past. Oh man. Tony. Um, yeah, Tony's the worst. Uh, I I also, uh, we get this first shot of the um, the shooting range, and like, uh, for the love of God, Hatcher, like, take the stuffed animals out of the bags. Like, it is, it's so creepy that he just has these <laughs> hanging stuffed animals in plastic bags. Laughing with a rifle on his shoulder. Yeah. Oh, it's so creepy. You gotta keep them clean. I guess. Oh man, I don't then know. You don't want people walking off with animals that look dusty. Oh, it's just horrifying. And if they're still in the bag, you can return any ones that weren't claimed. 
<laughs> oh, okay, that's fair. Yeah. All right. Smart. Smart. Um, but just not very inviting. Maybe don't hang them up. Maybe just keep them somewhere. You keep a couple display ones out of the bag, hung up, and then you know hand out the ones that people win still in the bag. Yeah, you don't need to hang those up. It's just so it's so creepy. Um. All right. Well, I think that's uh, I think that's all we got for this one. This one's this one was a pretty loaded minute. There's a lot to talk about in this one. Um. But uh, I am uh, curious. Uh, why don't you tell the people at home uh, about Gilmore Ball Z? All right. Well, Gilmore Ball Z is a podcast where I show Paige an episode of Dragon Ball Z. Uh, the famous 90s anime with men punching each other and screaming for hours on end. Yeah. And, and meditating. Then, and, <laughs> and, yeah, meditating. and some meditating. And then she shows me an episode of Gilmore Girls. The classic late 90s, early 2000s WB drama about single parenthood. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so... We, we we do an episode at a time, and we're working our way through the series, and so we compare, we contrast, we talk about similarities in the characters and the themes that they tackle, and uh, it actually oddly works out pretty well. It was it was a, po- a podcast concept that we originally threw out just kind of for shits, because it was like, you know... We need something to do with our time. Yeah, and well, and Dragon Ball Z is something I grew up loving, and she didn't really know anything about, and then Gilmore Girls for her was vice versa. Hmm. And so we thought it might be interesting. I'm like, oh, it'll be this married couple introducing their things to each other. And we kind of stumbled into something that we weren't prepared for in that they do line up weirdly well, and there's a surprising crossover audience for this. <laughs> yeah, well, it's mostly other guys and their wives, like... We have noticed in, like, when we do a Facebook post or something, we play a game to see if a guy tagging a woman, because it's always a guy tagging a woman with the same last name, and we have to play the game of sister or wife. <laughs> yeah, um, so it's it's a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, we get to talk about both shows, and we're a good chunk into it now. We're just starting to wrap up our third season so that is, you know, the third season of Gilmore Girls and for Dragon Ball Z fans, that's like getting into the beginning of the Cell Saga. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's a lot of fun, a lot of screaming, a lot of bad parenting and a lot of time making absolutely no sense in both shows. You know, mm. it's funny, like, it's yeah, you say that, like, I mean, you know, the, the relationship between Goku and Vegeta, not unlike the relationship between Luke and Taylor. <laughs> or Rory and oh, Paris. Yeah, we were saying Rory and Paris is the one that we keep coming back to. Go- yeah. Gohan and uh, Lorelai have a lot of similarities. <laughs> Actually, the big one that... That, uh, for Luke that we pull out is Piccolo is yeah, Luke. Luke is absolutely Piccolo. Oh my god in heaven glory <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Be. Luke is absolutely Piccolo. <laughs> Paris is Vegeta. Go to school! Who did, we, who did we say Lane was? Lane is Krillin. Yeah, Lane is Krillin. <laughs> oh great, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, oh, Lane, man. like, the, 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 it's funny, because they do draw on some similar character roles, even though they couldn't be, they couldn't be more different in terms of subject matter. It oddly works out. So it's a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, no, it, I encourage anybody who that sounds weird and bizarre to to tune in. Or enjoyable. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's definitely both. Sounds great. Yeah, no, it sounds it sounds fantastic. So uh, uh, yeah, definitely go uh, search that in the podcast apps of your choice, uh, listeners. And uh, check out Gilmore Ball Z, uh, which is just so silly to even say out loud. Uh, and... <laughs> 
it, it doesn't get any better the more times you say it. <laughs> I'm on season, almost done with season three now, and it still hasn't normalized. Yeah, I'll mention, like, I just started a new job at work, uh, you know, a new job recently, and so I mentioned, like, oh, yeah, my wife and I have a podcast. They ask me, what's it about? And I go, oh, right, I gotta explain this now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, we, we, uh, we have the same problem explaining what a movies by minute podcast is. Mm-hmm. Um, people who have never heard of the phenomenon think it's insane. Uh, it's true. When we, we first heard of it, when actually, uh, uh, Rachel from the TMNT minute contacted us about guesting on our show and we, yeah, she was just like, Hey, I like your show. I have a show. We should trade guest spots. And when she explained what her show was, I said like, what you do, what? <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's uh it's it's you don't get it until you do it and then once you do it you're like oh i see the value in this um oh yeah no yeah I, it's a lot of fun yeah for sure for sure no we got english degrees we get it <laughs> yeah exactly there you go uh yeah so check out gilmore ball z and uh we'll have more of grant and page tomorrow but uh, in the meantime, if you're on Facebook, make sure that you are in the Cornetto Minute Listeners Pub because that's where all the conversations take place, uh, all the all the you know all the debates and mm-hmm. uh, people uh, you know uh, clarifying questions that we had, sure. um, things like that. We have the greatest British listeners; they are so patient with us uh, on on the website and very helpful. Um, and so they're great and, uh, all of our listeners are great. You should, if you are one of our listeners, you should be in our Facebook group. That's the Cornetto Minute Listeners Pub on Facebook. If you're on Facebook, if not good for you, uh, and we'll be back tomorrow with minute 57 for the greater good, the greater good, the greater good, the greater good out in the country, far from all the subtle noise of the there's a village green It's been a long time Since I last set eyes in the church With the steeple down